Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rambler. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. Uh, those of you who have followed my uh, adventures, followed my career, will know that I've written a fair bit about financial crime and, and, and money laundering, particularly in the context of the casino sector, uh, especially my book called Crown Playing in the Shadows. But even with that, there are still people out there in the big wide world who don't quite understand how money laundering works. Um, that's probably because they've not got a mischievous bone in their body. But my guest today uh, is able to have a conversation with me and with you about what money laundering is, where the weaknesses in money laundering regulation are, and what can be done about it. Now, I'm talking to First AML CEO, Milan Cooper, today. Now, his company's got a presence in New Zealand and Australia and in the UK. So they do a fair bit of work globally in this space, and we'll be talking about money laundering, some of the curious elements about money laundering and the way people wash stuff through and the regulations that operate. Milan, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Tom. Absolute pleasure. Now, before we kick off, um, you won't be known to some of the people that listen to this, so what's your elevator pitch about your career? What would... What, yeah, do you say to yourself about yourself uh, to people who have never met you before? What do you look like if you had to summarise um, your career on an, on the back of an envelope? Yeah, I had a career in uh, in sort of the corporate environment and management consulting for you know really the first phase of my career, and um, you know served me well. I, I built a, a great business tool, toolkit, but I was I think lacking. Um, feeling of purpose in in my career, and I was I was, I was really looking for the next thing. And uh, I happened to meet uh, a couple of guys, um, Beyond and Chris, who I founded this company First AML with, and um, they were they were quite exposed to anti money laundering regulation uh, in in the banking sector. And um, we got talking about a bunch of problems that needed to be solved uh, in terms of AML compliance. And um, that's that you know that really interested me, and and that was about five years ago, and we've been building our company ever since. Should be sort of ramp, uh, uh, growing it um, over over the past five years. Now, when we talk about um, money laundering, it can be abstract to a lot of people, right? If they're not in the if they're not in the space where they are interested in trying to disguise things they're not yes. in the space of being um, nefarious uh, how do you explain what we're talking about when we talk about money laundering to somebody who knows nothing about it yes yeah, so there's a lot of criminal activity uh, happening ac across the globe and and this is, you know, from from drug trafficking to human trafficking um, and, and everything in between. And there are proceeds of crime of these crimes, um, which uh, essentially is is money that needs to uh, enter the financial system to be uh, legitimized. And so, money laundering is is really a nefarious a nefarious act which takes place by these criminals. To um, to get their money into the financial system so it can appear legitimate, um, and there are, are various uh, methods 
for for this and there are various means in which um, these criminals hide their money and and launder their money and as as a business we uh, we focus on the customer due diligence or KYC uh, mean, meaning know your customer aspect of the regulation to essentially um, seek to ensure customers who are using the financial system um, are properly identified so we we know who we're dealing with and also know the origin of the money that they are they are introducing to the financial system yeah, we we take the, there's some interesting points you've made right there that we probably should expand upon the first thing is you know the, the whole notion of knowing your customer um, uh, to what level of detail are people who run a business um, required to go when it comes to getting data on their customer? Because some people obviously are generally not comfortable with being drilled down on. So how does that work? Yeah, so certain um, sectors of the uh, of Australia are captured by AML CTF laws, and um, these laws require that um, you know KYC or know your customer checks are conducted, and um, this is generally today the banks and financial services firms and casinos that are required uh, to conduct these checks, and these checks essentially involve um, verifying that the customer you're dealing with is indeed a, a real person, um, hasn't been um, you know, created like a, a fictitious entity hasn't been created, um, and there's uh, it essentially creates um, records so that if suspicious activities are observed, then you know we, we can follow the, those suspicious activities back to a real person. Now, one of the things that does happen in AML regulation is that you know you collect the data. Things happen. There might be a transaction or a series of transactions that you know, set the red alert lights going um, or set the set the alarms uh, off. Um, what are entities required to do when they start to get uh, things that look weird coming through the system? Yeah, they're, they're required to um, report suspicious activities to the authorities and um, also under some circumstances, um, some prescribed transactions must be reported as well. So um, entities within financial services and banking and casinos are required to report um, to the authorities when they, uh, when they observe something suspicious. Now, there's... Um, some sectors of the Australian economy that aren't required to do to do that today, and these are the so-called tranche two sectors, uh, being law, accounting, and real estate. and And there's a lot of scrutiny on these sectors of the economy because these are often the non-financial businesses that enable um, the money launderers to to access the financial system. Okay, let's talk about tranche two because that's that's an issue that that, that is um, not only be mentioned, but certainly one that I wanted to explore with you. Um, tranche two is a nice piece of 
bit of legislative slash regulatory jargon. What do we mean when we talk about tranche two? Yeah, so um, tranche two is is the next um, legislative uh, change that will be introduced in Australia to bring designated non-financial businesses under this AML regime. And these designated non-financial businesses or DNFBs, as they're known, are, um, are law firms, accounting firms, and, and generally the real, est real estate sector. And, and so tranche two talks is, is a word we use to talk about um, that rollout uh, of AML legislation um, to these DNFBs. Tranche one, of course, was when AML was first introduced to the financial sector in 2014. Now, without tranche two, the obvious implication is that our um, AML system is weaker. Um, what are the weaknesses that uh, exist that you can point out to, to listeners if we don't have the tranche two uh, laws in place? Yeah, so um, lawyers and accountants, uh, these professional advisors, um, are often used for setting up legal structures um, which can assist um, money launderers to to um, to essentially set up structures to to appear to be legitimate, um, but then use them to interact with the financial system. And um, property has um, been quite an effective place for um, um, for illicit funds to be deployed. Um, so um, cash generated from criminal activity, um, you know. It's, it, if you can, if you've got ten million dollars, what do you do with it? Well, if you can buy a ten million dollar property in Sydney, um, you know that's a pretty good place to park the money. And so, um, these three sectors, in combination, um, are being used to assist uh, the laundering of money. Um, and it may not be that um, the the professionals in these sectors know know this, but because they're not required to make you know, detailed inquiries as to who their customers are or where the money comes from, some of these things might be missed. Furthermore, they're not required to report suspicious activities to, uh, to the authorities today. So there aren't the checks and balances in place to, to ensure that, um, that, you know, that these DNFBs um, are, are not unknowingly assisting uh, criminals. One of the interesting uh, issues in all of this is when we talk about, let's uh, talk about the element of the triumvirate of real estate agents, lawyers and accountants that I'm most familiar with being the accounting world. Um, there are ethical pronouncements in place to, to make sure that you know, whatever is done is done within the, within the law. I mean, is the suggestion with... Uh, tranche two when it's and of the breadth of its uh, uh, likely impact on the professions um, uh, that you know having an ethical framework isn't necessarily sufficient to uh, make sure people make all necessary inquiries. 
Yeah, I think um, no one's saying that the ethical frameworks in place in these professions, um, you know, isn't sufficient. But without the um, some of the, the the regulatory processes that AML laws introduce, um, it's easy for things to to to, to pass through um, unseen. And you know, the key um, the key aspects of the AML laws are around, are around um, you know KYC, knowing your customer, and identifying the ultimate beneficial owners of um, any entity that you are dealing with. And in, indeed, in some, in some cases, being required to um, prove where the, the money comes from. Now, um, whilst, whilst these professions are bound by these ethical standards, um, they aren't required to go to the level of diligence um, that the AML regime introduces and, 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 you know, and requires of them. And so it's a more structured way to um, ensure that you know who you are dealing with as uh, a as not a criminal. Now, when you're looking at the experience of your client base, uh, what are some of the things that uh, people in your client base are coming across in terms of attempts to launder funds that might have been made? Yeah, I mean we are operating um, across Australia, uh, financial services space, uh, New Zealand and the United Kingdom and um, at times our software does pick up on um, individuals who are um, who, who, who raise suspicions they may be on sanctions lists so they might be sanctioned by different countries um, okay. at yeah and, and at times um, you know other suspicious activities are, are uncovered and um, you know there is um, all, all manner of um, issues that can be can be put in the spotlight once you start digging through your customers. Now, you mentioned sanctions. I mean, have they have um, have your clients noticed much in the way of move, attempts to move funds since um, you know, countries in the West have been imposing sanctions over the past twelve months uh, on people in. Soviet, sorry, I might as well call it the Soviet Union, might um, Russia, um, uh, associated with the Ukrainian um, conflict. Absolutely, yeah, we've seen we've seen an increase in um, in individuals who are essentially wanting to onboard with our customers, and um, via these checks that we are performing, we are picking up individuals and entities that. Are on sanctions lists, and, and so, so that, that, that's been going on since the uh, since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in uh, happened in February of last year. That's correct. But it's interesting to hear. Um, it also shows that the systems and systems in place seem to work. Yeah, absolutely, and you know there is there is some cynicism towards um, these anti-money laundering rules and regulations and for many people um it does it you know it, it does create a nuisance or a administrative burden um but it's a very important mechanism we have in place to you know to identify the the one percent of of criminals out there that are using the financial system um to or exploiting it really 
And so um, it, is a, it is a regime that um, these professions um, at times want to resist, but um, there is a greater good here. And, and without these checks and balances in place, um, really we are facilitating some horrific crimes. Um, and, and so these are really necessary measures that countries need to take. In the simplest way possible, how, um, how does your software pick this up? Is it a case of downloading names onto a, onto a system or does it cross-check people that are looking to onboard with sanctions list? How, how does that happen? Yeah, so our customers are the financial institutions or the, the law, accounting, real estate firms in, in New Zealand and the, the UK. And when they want to onboard a customer, they can run a query through our software. And what our software does is firstly, it um, is able to um, identify the layers of ownership. If we're talking about a complex customer structure like a trust or a, a company um, and the AML laws require that all of the um, beneficial owners of these complex entities um, need to go through identity verification and, and screening checks, including the sanction, uh, the sanction checks. So um, this can, in many cases, turn into quite a complex administrative process for firms to you know, conduct these checks. And our, our software seeks to streamline this and provide a, you know, a, a single platform through which they can clearly collect and verify the documents they need from their customers and um, you know, store everything in one place and, and monitor the progress um, through, 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 a, through a case. And so it's really helping solve the, um, yeah, the administrative challenge of conducting these checks, particularly in the case of these complex entities like trusts. Um, I've been talking to Milan Cooper, who's the CEO of uh, a company that looks after a lot of AML, uh, anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism um, checking research called First AML. Um, Milan, one of the, I guess, final questions I want to ask you, um, and you've been very generous with your time, uh, is uh, what businesses can do to you know, be alert in relation to um, suspicious characters, you know, be alert to, on um, the issue of money laundering activity. Yeah, I mean, um, without, um, I guess, the, the AML regulations in, in place, so if we're talking about the tranche two uh, segments in Australia today who aren't required to do these things, they can still be alert to who they're dealing with and they can still take measures to know their customer. Yeah. And so um, having, you know, inquiries into um, in, in, into where the money comes from. So for example, if someone shows up um, to buy a property with a bag of cash, you know, that, that, that may um, trigger some alarm bells and, and, and perhaps making some some further inquiry is you know it makes sense in that situation and so you know ha having that um, you know ha having that sort of 
ability to question your your customers and then if you do feel something is suspicious you know taking the steps to report that to the authorities that's something um that's something we can be doing um even even before the the tranche two legislation is passed um and i guess if they see something like that they can obviously call to uh law enforcement as well do they do they've got the option of being proactive haven't they 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 do yeah and and um you know that that's essentially and um, once once you realize the impact of just observing these things and reporting them has um you know you, you really want to be proactive because um there's some really horrific things going on if you really dig into um the, the criminal syndicates and um some some of the some of the crimes that are taking place. So, you know, I, I would certainly encourage business owners um, to not turn a blind eye when they see something suspicious. Now, as uh, as is always the case, um, below your you know, first AML would have a web presence. If somebody wants to understand more about what you do, where do they find you? Yeah, so we can be found at firstaml.com um, or in, in Australia, firstaml.com.au. I've been talking to Milan Cooper. He's the CEO of First AML. He's looked, he's been his company. You've got software that helps entities uh, monitor the customers and, and be in compliance with various complex at times pieces of law dealing with money laundering, counterterrorism, financing. Milan, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tom. Absolute pleasure.